Well, good morning, friends. It's Monday, October 25th. At least that's what I'm recording this for. Um, this is podcast number 402. We're into the 400s, and I pray that you are well. On my desk in front of me, I have a toolbox. And why do I have that? It is, uh, in one way, it's a reminder of my father-in-law. Uh, before he died, he gave me this little toolbox. And in this toolbox, if you can just kind of picture it, it's a it's a little red reddish orange toolbox and in it are all these little teeny plumbing parts they're they're little washers and and um they're just little pieces that i've used um on multiple occasions since he's passed to work on little projects and i bring it out and i use it on a job and then i'll tell janie your dad saved me again because i had just the right um, piece to finish the job or just the right tool to finish a particular job. And um, I think of it often. And then um, oddly enough, a friend of ours was talking about a message that they had just heard from a, a pastor. He was a retired pastor who came back to fill the pulpit because the pastor in that church had COVID. And so he came in and he did this series called The Toolbox. And I listened to it yesterday and I'm and I, and I was just so moved by it that I thought we would do just a, a short series, maybe just a few messages, and we'll title this The Toolbox. So grab your Bibles, grab your um, notepads and your pen, and let's get into this little series called The Toolbox. And in this toolbox in front of me, if you will imagine, I have all kinds of 3x5 and 4x6 cards. And on these cards are scriptures. And I want you to think of this from now on, if you will. I want you to think about scriptures being tools, being things that you can use and pull out whenever you need them. We um, we post scriptures on Facebook. I've done a couple this morning and other people have posted. And, and it's one of my favorite things on Facebook, that and, you know, little baby goats and sweaters jumping around. But that's another story. Um, but in this toolbox, I, I even have some messages. Uh, Janie and I love to sit in the evening and and uh, and we'll go at six o'clock at night. We'll watch David Jeremiah, Dr. David Jeremiah out of San Diego. He's amazing. And uh, so I, I take a lot of notes and, and I have stopped messages or series on this um, on this podcast to bring a message from someone else because it's so essential that we continue to stay up on the Word of God and to know the Word of God. So grab your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to look at a few verses there to start today. Um, and then I'm going to give you our memory verse because I, I I think it's something that I've I, I know it's something I've neglected in the past to give you. And I think if we can plant the word deep within our hearts, the Bible says that David said, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you." The word of God in in us abides in us, and uh, I want to go into that today. But in Second Timothy, we have Paul's last letter. It was from his second imprisonment uh, from about AD sixty five. 64, 65, and go to chapter 4 and verse 6 real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me, chapter 4 and verse 6 of Second Timothy. Paul says, for I'm ready, already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Can you imagine Paul ready to, to give his life, willing to give his life, and to... 
the, the spiritual son, Timothy, he's going to leave this incredible responsibility. And in 2 Timothy um, chapter 2 and verse 14, he says, remind them, all the people under your charge of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruin, ruins the hearers. If everybody on Facebook would learn this, that it's not to be, we're not to quarrel about words. Just post a scripture, post something positive, post a picture of a baby goat, something, but let's not get into quarrels about words. And then uh, chapter two, verse 15 is a key verse for today and for the series. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Have you ever um, had a first day on a job or have you ever gone through orientation to prepare you to do a job? You are usually, I would think, pretty intense. I know I am. Whenever I would travel from job to job in pipe fitting, I would go through orientation I wanted to know what was going on in the side. I wanted to know what uh, they were asking from me as a as a pipe fitter. Would I be working with large pipe? Would I be working with small pipe? Would I be installing? Uh, would I be in a fab shop? What would I be doing? Because for those particular jobs, I had particular tools. Uh, if I was working in a fab shop, I had a I had a. Um, a little case that I took with me that had my books on fabrication and layout and takeoffs of fittings. Um, I had smaller tools for smaller jobs. I had larger tools uh, that I would need on the job for those larger jobs. It, would seem, it was important for me to be prepared, to be ready to do the job. And he says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved or worker who does uh, need not to be ashamed. Rightly handling the word of truth. We need to rightly handle the word of truth. And why is that so important? Look at um, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy and verse, verses 16 and 17. Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Paul says to Timothy, he says, all scripture is breathed out by God and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God, the woman of God, the child of God may be complete, equipped for every good, good work. All scripture, all scripture is breathed out. That word uh, breathed out is, is exhaled. It's like God exhaled. See, no, no scripture, uh, Peter says, was, was of any man's um, own prophecy or any man's own choice. But men wrote the scripture as God breathed into them what they were to write down. God superintended the scripture. He allowed them to have their own personalities. He allowed them to, to, um, to write, um, but he superintended it. He didn't take the pen and he didn't, you know, they weren't robots, but he spoke to them and through them. And those words are on the paper and in their original, uh, we believe, I believe that they were inerrant, they were without error. And so he says to him, listen, listen, it's so imperative that you understand. It's so imperative that you, you, you know the word of God. Uh, Robert Morris uh, in, in Texas, he was speaking the other night. He's He's got this large church and he says, on Monday, I line out my staff. We go over things. 
Um, we, t- we talk about the week. They know what they're doing. And then he said, for the next five days, I literally just inhale the word of God. And then he's holding his breath like he's holding his breath. And then he says, here's what I do on Sunday. I, I exhale to you the message that, that from the scriptures that God has laid on my heart. One day with his staff, four days he spends, um, or five days he spends in the word of God and then he breathes it out. Oh, that we would get back to that point. I love the shirt that uh, Jason had in his video, Jason Page had in his video the, uh, the other day, the video on salt, and it said, Scripture is everything. Sola, sola scriptura is, is what the Latin was. Scripture alone. Scripture is so important. Now let's turn to Hebrews. Right after 2 Timothy, you're going to get to Hebrews, and you're going to go to Hebrews chapter 4. And I want to share with you a, a thought about Scripture. I want to share with you uh, something that's incredibly important. And this is going to be our memory verse. It's going to be Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Some of you already know it. It says, For the word of God, underline the word of God, is living, active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow and of discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Look at the reason why scripture is so important for us. It, it, is, it is sharper than a two-edged sword. Some warriors in those days only had one, one uh, sharpened edge on their blade, but some, had, some uh, armies had two um, a two-edged sword with, with a razor sharp on both sides so they could cut as they were entering and cut as they were leaving a person's body. I know that's gross, but that's, that's the, the use of this sword, this tool that the soldiers had. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart is not external. It goes within. I look at verse 13. I hadn't tied these two together before I started to study this. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked, exposed to the eyes of him uh, to whom we must give an account. No one is hidden from whose sight? The word of God, the living and active word of God. Now, class, who is that word of God? Who is that word of God? Well, first of all, let's go to John chapter 1. Remember, the word of God is living and it is active. It is living and it is active. It's not just words on a piece of paper. The word of God is living and it's active. Look at John chapter 1 and verse 1. This is an important tie-in. This was very important to me as I studied this. I hope it is to you too. In the beginning, John 1, 1 was the word. What do we see in the other one class? The living The word is living and active. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Who's that word of God that's living and active? Look at verse 14 of chapter 1 in John. And the word of God became flesh and dwelt, abided among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Why is the word of God important for us? 
because the word of God is alive and active. His name is Jesus Christ. He was, he is, when we read the Bible, it is Jesus on print. He came, he left heaven. He wrapped himself in human flesh, remaining 100% God and now taking on humanity. He didn't diminish who he was. Second, or excuse me, Philippians talks about how he, he diminished his use of some of the tools that he had as God. He came under subjection to his father, but he was the living, active word of God. And we need to understand that. Who is the truth? It talks about how the word of God is truth. Who is that truth? Look at John chapter 14 and verse 6. John chapter 14 in verse 6, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking about leaving. And he says to them in verse 6, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, no one comes to the Father except through me. That is ongoing. That is true to this day, not just to his disciples and not just to the time when Jesus walked on this earth. We still have to go through the uh, the son to get to the father. No man comes to the father unless I draw him. Now to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, as we look at the word of God and the importance of the word of God, Peter, who, who walked with Jesus, Peter, who failed Jesus on, on uh, at times, and Peter, who had great success at times. You remember Matthew 16, when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus told him, uh, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because uh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my, my father has revealed this to you. And he makes this beautiful, wonderful statement. And Peter, uh, after failing miserably and God restoring, Jesus restoring him in, in, in the book of John, he stands on the, on the day of Pentecost and he preaches an amazing sermon. The word of God became alive to him and it needs to to us. It's not just uh, reading a few verses in the morning. It's not just knowing that the word of God is important. It is, it is allowing the word of God, the truth of God, the living active truth of the word of God to abide in us. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1, right after James, verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. And who is the truth? John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. For, uh, uh, for a sincerely brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Jesus says in John 17, 17, Father, sanctify them by that word. That word is truth. That word sanctify means wash them. So the word of God washes us and purifies us. Verse 23, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of the imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Remember in the parable of the sower, what the seed represented, it represented the word of God. And the soil represents our heart. And the, the, the seed of this world is, is perishable, but the seed of the word of God is imperishable. And through it, the living and abiding word of God lives within us. Verse 24, for all grass, all flesh is like grass and all its glory, like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower 
uh, falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. The word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the word that was preached to you, was the good news that was preached to you. And if it was true back then for Peter, it's true for us today that this word, these tools from my toolbox, these scriptures that are on three by five cards and four by six cards, and these messages that I am constantly hearing and placing within my heart, those are the things that are alive. And those are the things that will get me through these difficult times, through times of COVID, through times of, of civil disobedience and civil unrest, through times of not knowing uh, what what are the standards for today and what's going to happen tomorrow and what is the stock market going to do and, and, and am I going to remain healthy and how am I going to pay my bills and do we have enough toilet paper on the shelf? All of those things that are facing us today. Turn all the way back to the sixth book of the Bible, Joshua. Joshua, Joshua chapter one, Joshua chapter one, verse six, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse seven, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you want, wherever you go. How are we to have good success? And success is 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 defined by God. It's not defined by this world. We do not turn from the word, from, from it to the right hand or to the left. We need to stay in the word of God. It is our direction, it is our compass, it is true north. It is what we have need of. So as we get into this series, um, And again, we're going to talk about the Word of God. I'm going to talk about different tools. And this is from Pastor Ed Schott, so good. And and things that I've added that I've thought of and scriptures that I've added that I thought of. uh, Because I can do a podcast for five days or ten days and he only had uh, 30 minutes in a sermon. I want to give you some tools to deal with different things. We're going to deal with resentment and holding grudges. We're going to deal with thoughts that are out of control. We're going to deal with worry and temptation, feeling helpless and lonely. We're going to feel with, uh, uh, deal with feeling weak, facing hard decisions. We're going to deal with us of, of old age, us old people. And we're going to deal with, with, with things when, when we think our world is falling apart. And all of those answers are in the word of God. And who is the word of God class? It is Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. In Numbers chapter six, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.